a Podcast One production. This is The Game Plan with Dr Nick Krasner and this episode we're talking about putting your big goal into action. Dr Nick, the last few episodes were really about instilling how to achieve our goal in our minds, but this episode is really about practical implementation of those steps, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, one of the most important things is to make things happen. It's like baking a cake. There are a number of steps to bake a cake, and if you don't do all the steps, it just doesn't work. The reason that this is number five and not at the beginning is it is absolutely fundamental that the actions that we take are in line with where we really want to go. So if we're fighting against our brain and our mind, we're going to have lots of chaotic actions. So having the actions uh, in line with our big goal and having the big goal so implanted in our brain is a great thing to do. And then instead of having willpower and fighting against our subconscious, we're actually all going together. We talked earlier about... uh, listening to our meditation or doing the role play for at least 21 days but our advice was to do it twice a day for a month Uh, after that that's when I'd really start to put the actions into place you've sort of seeded the mind the mind comes first the body and the actions come second another way of looking at the action and seeding is the difference between speed and velocity for any mathematicians out there um they may remember that speed is just how quickly you do something and velocity is how quickly you do something in a direction. And the reason I mention that quite a lot when I talk on this subject is that somebody can go 100 miles an hour and go in completely the wrong direction and end up taking 10 hours to get somewhere. Whereas another person may do something up 10 miles an hour, put all the right processes in place and the velocity is completely in the direction they're going and they'll get there in half an hour we often see that with people don't we we see some people they don't seem to be working that hard but they're achieving a lot and that's because all their actions are in line with what they want to get it's sort of like when you get in the car and you put your destination into the navigator if you actually have a look at it first before you get going then you sort of, it's effortless. You sort of don't really need to think so much while you're actually driving. Well, it's very true. I mean, how often have we put something into uh, SatNav or Google or whatever and we're walking or driving somewhere and we realise we've gone in the wrong direction. So the first half an hour, not only have we got that half an hour, we've got another half an hour to get back to where we started from. Uh, So it's very, very key to, uh, to know exactly where you're going and put those actions in place. In that way, what we find with a lot of people who become very successful and do what they want, once they're not fighting anything, they know the actions to take. Their actions often become effortless. Mm. Um, You know, if our listeners are thinking, has that happened to me? Well, look at a time where you've been, say, reading a book or doing something where you thought it was five minutes that had gone by, but actually it's three hours. And think of how many actions you'd have done. You may have gone through 100 pages worth of reading material. You may have uh, written more than you've written before, and yet it was effortless. So one of the main things is actions actually can be done very, very simply uh, in line with how your brain is going. But of course, you want the brain in the right direction first. Okay, so let's go through the five points that we'll be talking about in this episode. Number one list all actions that will take you towards your goal. Number two, list all actions that will take you away from your goal. Number three, do five obvious actions a day. 
Number four, do two extraordinary actions a week. And number five, have accountability. So let's get started. That's what this episode is all about anyway, isn't it? So let's get into action. So number one, list all actions that will take you towards your goal. There are a lot of actions that you can do inside of your goal. And one of the things I'd like to caveat first is if you've made a really big goal, actually you probably can't figure out all the actions to go from A to, to B. You will never be able to sort it out if you've made it big enough. But there are certain goals that are obvious there for you to take. I mean, if you want to be a singer, for instance, you're going to probably want to get singing lessons or buy a good microphone. Now, interestingly enough, some people make uh, their actions very complicated, like they may have an action such as, um, well, I need to go to Germany to buy the best microphone that, that there is. But one of your actions could be research microphones. So it could just be a simple action like that. Another could be find the phone numbers of all the teachers in my area. Another action can be phone the teachers. The third action can be um, make an appointment with a teacher. So it, sometimes cutting into those small pieces makes it a lot easier. And of course, when we go to number three, which is do, you know, five obvious actions a day, it makes it a lot easier when one of the actions is, say, Google and print out a list of five teachers in your area. You'll end up with a lot of actions then that you need you to take. You do. Well, if you think, yes, absolutely. I mean, we'll, in, in number three, we'll come up with a lot of, you know, how, how we'll make that extremely manageable and simple. Because one of the big things about this is there's nothing to be overawed by. This is really simple. We're talking about things that might take you two minutes in a day. Mm. The kind of thing that you're sitting there and you're not even thinking of doing. And little actions and changes make a big, big change in the, in the end. So, again, it's a bit like an oil tanker. You know, if you're turning an oil tanker, it might take a while to turn around, but you keep turning and eventually it'll turn around and go in the other direction. And I really like number two, list all actions that will take you away from your goal because this is not something I would have thought about doing. Really important. I mean, again, in all likelihoods, we've created your, your big goal um, and your big goal is probably very different than where you thought you probably would end up. So you've now got two choices to go to A or B, A being where you really want to go to, B going where you were going, but you don't want to go there. And if you look at it, there are a number of actions that will take you to A and a number of actions that will take you to B. So the more we can get you to do the actions towards A, the more you'll get there and vice versa. It's uh, sort of cause and effect. It's nothing more than that. It doesn't, you know, your life will turn out depending on the actions you take in which direction. So, you know, if you want to get fit and healthy and your old actions used to be eating too much, lying on the sofa for two hours a day, all of those things, you may then have a list of all those things. If you're doing those things, you're more likely to end up in B, which is not the shape you want to be, not the health you want to have. Whereas A might be go for a walk for half an hour, maybe drink more water and all those things like that. If in your fitness choices you have that you need to eat a lot less chocolate. Um, if you have 100 things you do which are going to make you fitter and one thing that's not so good, you're probably going to get to where you want to get to. The other thing is at least you know the actions to avoid. Then you've got two lists. 
You've got a list that'll take you where you don't want to go to and a list that'll take you where you do want to go to. And again, the more you focus on the first list, uh, the more likely you are to get there. And so number three, do five obvious actions a day. What are the obvious actions that we need to take? The point of it is that that action's in the direction of where you want to go to. So if we take an example of, say, losing weight or getting healthy, maybe one of the actions is, say, drinking more water. Another action may be to uh, look up dietary plans. Another action may be to walk an extra five minutes in the day. Little things like that. And a lot of these five actions, I always make them simple. So if I want to do something, say I want to tidy the kitchen, one of my actions might not be to tidy the kitchen, but to tidy one cupboard. Another one might be to tidy another cupboard. Maybe each day I'll tidy a different cupboard. So you make things so manageable and easy that you, it, it's, it's simple. It's not going to make you feel... Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed, absolutely. And I think that's, that's the important thing. And you might say, well, we're only doing five actions, but... Five actions over a year, every day, is, you know, over 1,500 actions, which is quite a lot once you get to it. The funny thing is what often happens as well, you start doing the five actions, like you download the five teachers for singing, so you wanted to be a singer. The chances are it's sitting there in front of you and you go, that one looks perfect. And how likely is it for that person then to just make a phone call and do an action that you may have put on the next day's page? One of the, the important things about the actions as well, and a lot of very successful people do this, is they do their five actions. Now, if they don't do their five actions uh, and there's something that's lacking, it has to be number one for the next day. In fact, that was an advice by uh, a chap called Robert Kiyosaki, which some of our listeners may have heard of who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, giving a lot of re- ways of, of becoming financially free. I am a big list writer and there's nothing worse than not ticking everything off on your to-do list for that day. Yeah, there's something really lovely about it. And the thing is, if you make it simple, then you're not going to worry about it. The other thing about doing simple things and little things is it sort of programs our subconscious into what you need to do. So a good example is say you've got a tax return and you hate doing tax returns and you know you're going to have to do like an Excel spreadsheet. So one of your actions for the day, if you haven't started, is to open an Excel spreadsheet, write tax 2018, say, for next year, and close it. That's the only action you need to do. You don't need to do any more than that. It'll take you 30 seconds. Good to do it at night as well because it goes into the subconscious. And then your brain starts telling you, oh, I've done that. And then the next action maybe is to put all the, the months of the year in and possibly put in one small aspect of your tax. Before you know it, that anxiety or worry about doing that tax return um, goes away because you've done little, 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 and you've actually succeeded each day. And I love that idea because, as you said, often when you do just take that first tiny step, once you've opened that Excel spreadsheet, you might end up completing the whole thing anyway in one go because you've just been able to take that step and you're there. Oh, absolutely. Um, And it is. One little step leads to another. So one thing is I like doing doing what I call my five-minute tidy, which is I need to tidy up, so I'll do five minutes of tidying and then stop. 
uh, and then I'll do maybe in the next half an hour, I'll do another five minutes. But the funny thing is after I've done it once or twice, I end up finishing all the tidying anyway. I just naturally do it. But because I've just put in that five-minute little spell, it's easy. I think it's a really good thing to do with kids, actually. Instead of saying, oh, my God, you've got to tidy your whole room, just say, you need a five-minute tidy. And what about number four, do two extraordinary actions a week? What sort of actions are we talking about there? Well, a lot of the actions we're doing, of course, are in line with with where we're going and they're obvious. But we want to get out the box of what we've been doing before and we want to get into a new box. So every week, if you can think of two things you normally would never do and do them. So say one thing you would never do would be to, say, play table tennis. Just completely ridiculous uh, ridiculous action for you because you've not even thought about it. But the reason you thought about it is you closed your eyes and you looked at the first thing that was in a book. Well, then book in and do some table tennis. Play a game of table tennis. Join a club or something. Do something completely out of what you would normally do that probably has no logic to it. So this doesn't have to have anything to do with your goal at all? No, it doesn't have to do anything with your goal, but you'll be surprised how when you do things like that, it tends to help your goal. Why is that? Um, Because we're meant to be out there. When we do a goal, I mean, we've been looking at it from a very personal point of view. From I do all the right actions, things happen. But the world works in mysterious ways. I think the world wants to help us achieve the goal, especially if the goal's of our heart and they help other people. So by getting out there... Things are going to come to us. Providence is going to help us reach our goal. And so it's not so much about us. It's about the universe or God or the world or however you want to describe it, helping you get to where you want to get to. And so you go out there, you do something completely different, and suddenly, say you want to start a fashion show, uh, you may find that what happens is you meet somebody who's a fashion designer who plays table tennis. I'm not promising, by the way. I don't know any fashion designers who play table tennis, but, you know. Very stylish table tennis players. Very stylish, exactly. Now, it may be one of your extraordinary ideas might be, well, you know, you want to uh, you want to sing in Vegas one day, so maybe an extraordinary action might be that you book a ticket to go to Vegas at some point. So it can be linked. But I think getting out of your norm is so important. Is it to do with the inner child that we talked about in earlier episodes where... Maybe it's something that you did do as a child. So, for instance, you know, I used to sing all the time as a child around the house and now I don't really do that anymore. Could it be something like that? Well, you're absolutely spot on. I mean, children are perfect of just doing things for no good reason. As adults, one of the things that we've learned is to have opinions and reasons why we should or shouldn't do things instead of just doing them. And often the reality of us having opinions and, and creating all that is for safety for ourselves, to keep us in the, the world that we know and we feel happy about. We have a comfortable world. The reality is, I mean, are we meant to be here and be comfortable? Are we meant to be here um, and not take risks? Are we meant to just be as safe as possible in the arena that we are or feel safe? Or are we meant to be out there and living life to, to its maximum? I'm not saying you start skydiving or anything like that. That's a personal choice. But this idea that we need to be comfortable in the areas that we know um, is a very sort of 20th century idea. 
you know, you have to have a comfortable living and a comfortable uh, retirement and a comfortable this and a comfortable that. What's all this comfort got to do that? We know that people who are very comfortable probably put on a lot of weight and end up becoming very slothful. So with all of these actions that we've talked about so far, how far ahead do we have to plan? Well, actually, I'm one that doesn't like to plan too much and too, too more in advance because... As earlier stated, if you wrote all the actions you could do to get to where you want to get to, you wouldn't be able to get there. So what often happens is things start to change. And then, so normally, if you do it one once a week and then every, and then every day you write a list for the next day, it, make it as simple as that. The funny thing with doing all of this, people think, oh, it's all complicated. And actually, it's really simple. We make it complicated half the time. Make life simple and easy. If you start exercise and you haven't done much exercise, don't kill yourself in the gym. Just go for a walk for 10 minutes more than you'd normally do. If you're going to do weight training, just start on a really low, easy weight and do it for five minutes. Number five is have accountability. It's very important to have someone who's going to keep you accountable that you do what you say you're going to do. Often what helps and is great is if both of you are doing the same thing, you can be accountable to one person, the other person can be accountable to you. It just means that you, uh, someone's keeping an eye on you, making sure you do what you say. And also it can help you celebrate doing those things. How easy is it for us to sort of be very isolated and nobody knows that we're not doing what we said we're going to do and we sort of lie to ourselves. But that's okay because it's ourselves we can do that. I mean, what a good example in accountability is in the weight loss industry. I mean, we find that people who go to, to places like Weight Watchers, um, Slimming World, etc., there's quite a lot of evidence that there is uh, a much better long-term weight loss through their programs. Um, obviously, there's lots of things they do in their programs, but my feeling is one of the biggest reasons they do well is that every week they have to come stand on the scale and get a round of applause or, or not, depending on whether they've done well or not. Uh, and they've got their peers around them, etc. So they feel quite nervous if they let themselves down and they show everyone they're letting themselves down. So that form of accountability really helps drive people on to, uh, to really get their goals. And the fact that they're going, say, once a week really helps them in a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. And it's amazing how you know, time flies. So one or two pounds a week before they know it, there's, you know, 20 pounds gone. I actually listened to a TED talk recently where they talked about a study that showed that people who told others about their goal were less likely to work towards it. And I'm a little bit superstitious sometimes with my goals I feel like, you know, it's like blowing out the birthday candles and making a wish. You know, you can't tell anyone or it won't come true. But how important is it to actually have people making sure that you're doing what you want to do? Yeah, it's a very good point you bring up because a lot of people feel that your goal has an energy and there's an energy to the goal. If you tell too many people about this goal um, and they think negative on it or you're letting the energy out of it, you're taking the air out of the balloon... So again, you don't necessarily have to share your whole goal with anyone if you don't want to, but you can share part of the journey. So your big goal may be that here you are standing on stage, giving a, a talk to loads of people. Um, so one person, your goal could be that I actually want to stand on stage 20 pounds less. So they could be there and help you being accountable for that part of things. So 
again, telling too many people, letting that energy out of it doesn't quite work. It, there's the old saying, there's those people that do things and those people that talk about it. But I think that's different than having someone who's accountable for the actions. There's a big difference between someone being part of your actions and being accountable for that than telling everyone what your actual big goal is. And you don't need to walk around telling everyone, do you? You can just tell your your close family or friends. Yeah, it's a choice. And generally speaking, it's uh, it's often better not to. You know, I think it's very good to be you know, to help others and to be a good example to others. Uh, but that's often by who you're being, not by what you're saying. So if you go and, you know, you change your life around and make it work, say, for instance, I mean, I've worked with people who've been on ice and those kinds of awful drugs who've been in a terrible state and they've turned their life around, they've come off ice, they've got jobs, they've, they've worked really hard to get it because it's a very difficult thing to do. But they don't have to talk about it. People can see they've gone from A to B. They look fabulous now. They're there. They're often quite compassionate, nice people. They've been through a very hard time. Um, that says more than any words they say. How important is it to have the right people on side? Because sometimes I feel like with my goals, if I tell other people they're going to have opinions about them. You know, they might not even say it, you can't do that, but it might just be an energy that I pick up on. Can that stop us from achieving our goal? Um, yeah, it's a very good point, actually. The, it's really important to have the right team around you. If you think about sports teams, you know, if, if everything doesn't work right and there's what, even one person in a sports team that's not pulling their weight, the team can stop winning. Um, so it's really good to have the right people, the positive people around you who see things the way you do. It's why entrepreneurs often hang around on entrepreneurs. They understand each other. A lot of people don't understand how someone can just go on and take risks and do this out of the other and they think they're crazy. Whereas other entrepreneurs understand that and that's normal to them. It's quite common for people to either get concerned for you, especially close people, actually, uh, to get really concerned with what you're doing. Maybe something will go wrong or bad and they want to protect you. The problem is they're protecting you from the life you want to really have. And unfortunately, going after what you really want sometimes takes some risks. There's also risks with staying with what you're doing because you never become who you want to be and you can become lazy, sad, you know, all those other things. So it's really important to tell the right people, not to tell too many people uh, and have people on your side. One of the points with, you know, if people disagree goes back to the inner child, because, of course, we all remember um, being told we're not good enough or oh, aren't we stupid doing this, that or the other. And we stopped doing it because the so-called adults told us that we shouldn't do something. And Part of it might be just relaying the fear of our inner child like we did in an earlier episode so the inner child feels safe and it's the adult taking those decisions. I know in my personal life, you know, a lot of people say, well, why are you writing when you want to be a doctor? Why are you doing this? Why I wouldn't have done half the stuff that I wanted to do if I'd have actually listened to people. Especially because we're encouraging people to have bigger goals than they ever thought possible the risks are greater, and so the opinions might be more, even more negative coming from other people. Absolutely, and, and maybe it highlights their life, the fact that they've not achieved. Because when you start achieving and doing things, it starts to highlight people not living the lives they want to live. So it's more effort. It takes more out of someone going after what they really want than just doing day by day what's been handed to them. 
Uh, and once people see people doing that, it shines a light on maybe what they're doing. It's like my grandma always says, put tickets on yourself. So, you know, don't shy away in the corner and let other people bring you down. Just do what you you need to do. Absolutely. I mean, there's an old um, St. Lucian saying, or so my friend who St. Lucian tells me, uh, it's called the bucket of crabs. And apparently that if you have a bucket of crabs and one of the crabs is getting out the bucket and about to jump over to freedom, all the other crabs jump up and pull it back down into the bucket. Sounds like the tall poppy syndrome as well in Australia. It is, and it's very true. I mean, one of the people would say, well, it's very egotistical for you to try and do really well. Um, Funny thing is, it's actually less egotistical to really be yourself. Um, You know, the ego being run by it works on both ways. So somebody saying, I'm not good enough, is as egotistical as somebody saying, I'm too good for something. If you're just saying this is my dream, I'm going for it. And you're not saying because I'm better than anyone or I'm worse. It's just my dream, I'm just going for something. That's not egotistical at all. Do people fear their own success because they've got more to lose? Why or or is there another reason? I think there's lots of reasons why people worry about success. I think we've been trained that one, if you're successful, you might be ruthless or bad or you're sticking your head up and who are you to do it? Another reason is that you want to be among friends and colleagues. And if you become too successful, will you lose friendships and, uh, you know, and who you are? And, of course, if you're changing, your energy's changing, people feel that you should be the same all through your life. And if suddenly you change your views or your beliefs or how you're living your life, that somehow isn't part of the tacit uh, contract that you had with the rest of the world. You are the fat kid who should never be thin and should never get a, get a girlfriend. You know, how often do we see the ugly, geeky kid from school um, 20 years later, very successful with a beautiful wife or husband on their arm, you know, and going, well, that shouldn't have happened. All right, so let's do a recap of what we've talked about in this episode so far. Number one, list all actions that will take you towards your goal. Number two, list all actions that will take you away from your goal. Number three, do five obvious actions a day. Number four, do two extraordinary actions a week. And finally, number five, have accountability. And what's next, Dr Nick? Well, next episode, believe it or not, is our last episode in this series. Uh, And it's keeping on track. There's lots of questions people ask you know what happens if this happens and that happens so we'll be looking at uh, making sure that you either keep on track or get back on track and that you all manage to get your big goals the game plan with dr nick krasner is recorded at the studios of podcast one australia produced and edited by live proud audio production by darcy thompson Executive producer is Jamie Show. For more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au, download the Podcast One app, or look us up on iTunes.